0: Living Local, Telling the Stories That Connect Us, a United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast.
1: One of the great things about producing a podcast here at United Way is we really don't have to go very far at all to hear incredible stories. In fact, for this one, we didn't have to leave the building. Tonda Thompson was, until very recently, a community health ambassador with the Life Course Initiative for Healthy Families, also known as LIFE. Tonda is someone you might describe as a renaissance woman. She's a photographer, videographer, model, community changemaker, strong baby advocate, marketing professional, and a self-described baby historian. Tonda is currently working on a documentary about systemic racism here in Milwaukee, which she hopes to have finished and premiere next year. Here's Tonda.
0: Well, I guess I can tell the title. The title will be The Broken Bubbler. When I say The Broken Bubbler, I think about about the Great Migration and how African Americans came from the South. You know, in the 1970s, my grandmother just packed all her things and just moved up here uh, for a better life. But when those African Americans came up here, you know, it was a different type of uh, systemic racism that they experienced. To me, it was the same kind of racism, but just in a different form. Um, they were placed in a, a small area called uh, Little Africa, which we know as Brownsville today. They received little resources. Um, the school systems were very poor. The housing was very poor. And there was a lot of rev- revolutionary push to, 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 to change those problems. So what the film is basically explaining the past, the present, and the future of systemic racism in Milwaukee and just showing, um, you know, we, we, we see in the media of how, you know, there's a lot of problems within the African-American community. I feel like those problems are symptoms of that systemic racism or that systemic system that we've been uh, so used to, you know, just going along with for so many years. Um, if, if African-Americans are jobless, if they don't have enough money for food, if they don't have well institutions of you know having proper education of course we're going to you know rebel of course it's going to be violence of course you know we're going to do anything that we can to you know receive funding or receive money to you know feed our babies and my film is just basically explaining the causes of those symptoms such as the eminent domain pop the eminent domain law um, which, what is that? The eminent domain law is basically in the 1950s, there was a Federal Highway Act that was um, presented by um, President Eisenhower, um, which created I 43 and I 94. And during that time, Bronzeville was a thriving community, and Bronzeville had you know many great businesses. Um, you know because those African Americans were placed in that one area, they couldn't go outside of that area of Little Africa, as they as they call it. They could in terms
1: of to live or to to live own a business.
0: to business. They couldn't even um, the 16th Street Viaduct. They couldn't go across that, and that that is where Potawatomi is. <laughs> Not legally, but, but it would be some problems if you would go over there. Right. The film is really geared towards encouraging the youth to fight against systemic racism. That's really the purpose of the film.
1: And so what was the catalyst for you joining Public Allies? Were you starting to get interested in this work? It's a, it's a long
0: story. Um, it's a
1: long story. I'll and make sure I keep it short. And we have Tonda has shared her story <laughs> on our blog, so we can um, definitely link to that story. So um, if you want to just give kind of an overview and then, you know,
0: Yes. So um, I um, I was a mother who lost a child, um, you know, at a very young age. My son passed away a day after he was born. So after I lost my child, um, I I understood how infant mortality negatively affected a family. And I really was just really adamant about finding a way to... You know, see how I can help other families not go through what we went through, and make sure you have the proper, you know, prenatal care. Make sure that your babies are healthy. Just whatever I could do. So I was just, I was trying to do everything. I was, literally everything. I w- I wanted to just, just go out and just yell and say, we want strong babies. You know, I just, I was all over the place. And then I met, um, I got a hold to, you know, Lashandra. And Milwaukee life uh, through public allies. It was it was literally like a blessing and I would before that I would have dreams every night about saving babies and making sure that you know what happened to me doesn't happen to other people. Facing and now theory. you're
1: planning Harambe um, and that's Harun Bay in yes. the neighborhood of Harambe. Yes. Um, which is your where you grew up, right? Yes. And so, and that's happening this year. It's happening, August 6th. Okay, do you want August to talk 6th. a little bit about that? What so, to expect?
0: Yes, it's, um, I, I always, I, my dreams speak to me a lot, and I've always had a dream, you know, since I started this, of finishing the finish line, finishing the race, running through the finish line, which is weird, because I'm organizing a run that I plan on running, and I've been training for it to run myself. And it's 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 I always say it's happening, it's happening. It's I, I feel it. I feel that it's going to be a very historical event. There's not many walks in honor of healthy birth outcomes across the nation, so I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, every time I, I see it, I think about it. Um, and my my son's footprint is the actual logo, his real footprint, um, the actual footprint from. The birth certificate is on the logo, and when people see the logo, they're like, oh, that's a nice logo, but they really don't know that that's his real foot. They're like, oh, it's a baby foot. I'm like, yeah, it's my son's real foot. So it, it, it just makes me really proud. Um, my teammates, uh, the rest of the community health the community health ambassadors that I work with, um, they have um, T-shirts with my son's footprint on it. And it just it just makes me really, really proud to see that. this. Community that I'm from is going to be introduced to mental and physical wellness within the community as a whole. And that's something I feel that's greatly needed uh, for this area that I grew up in. I know, you know, most of the people that live in this neighborhood and where they come from. So I just want to introduce them to the things that I've recently just found. And that's peace within my mind and peace within my health, peace within my body. <laughs> you know, I just. I just want to present that to you know, a place where I'm from and to help it out and to help, help them understand that you know, we can move forward from the things that, you know, that that has been happening in our neighborhood. And that's we can move forward from high infant mortality. We can move forward from high incarceration rates. Like we can move forward from these things. We don't have to stay in this moment of, of trauma or, or tragedy. We can move forward and be great as we are supposed to be.
1: (laughs) And I imagine, too, also having an event like a walk run in Harambe, a place where maybe a good portion of the community has never been or maybe has never heard something good about Mm -hmm. or something positive. Was that part of your thinking, too, in bringing an event um, to Harambe?
0: Harambe, definitely. you know, Of course, Harambe, statistic-wise, they had the second-highest infant mortality rate in the city of milwaukee and some of those rates are you know higher than most third world countries um so of course that was why i targeted that neighborhood but of course again i'm, I'm my family's from first and keith um they still live there <laughs> you know i grew up in this neighborhood i used to walk up and down uh you know third street martin Luther king drive you know that was back when my mom didn't have a car so we would have to walk everywhere catch the bus everywhere so you know, I know this neighborhood like the back of my hand. So it's it's very, it's very special to me, and it's very special to honor my son in that location because that's where his heritage lies. That's where my heritage lies. So. So yeah, um, just the street alone, Martin Luther King Drive. You know, as we see it today. You know. The vacancies we see it, but there's a lot of rebuilding going on. We have a great art woman that's in place, and she's she's making it happen in that neighborhood. Um, the Black Holocaust Museum is coming back. I'm excited about that. So there's a lot of great things that are happening. I just want to contribute to all of those great things that are happening, and we don't we don't see those those great things in the media that are really really happening. So. I just want the people in the community to be to participate and to know that okay, we, we're we're coming to change this, we're coming to help, we're gonna, you know, help you help us and however you wanna do it, we're gonna help each other and we're gonna rebuild this this great community that used to be Bronzeville.
1: We could talk about any of these things all day long, but I do want to uh, switch gears because we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about another hobby of yours, which um, is modeling and mentoring young women, women and men, um, into the modeling profession. So, um, can you talk a little, little bit about specifically about why modeling and what you teach these young people about? modeling um, in terms of a profession? Okay. Well,
0: I, I was initially, I was a basketball player. So I was heavy in basketball. I was a tomboy. I always had, you know, basketball gear on. I was ready to play anybody at any time. But then I, I realized the influence that I had on my younger sisters. I have four younger sisters on my dad's side. I went When I went to college um, after high school, there was this young girl And she kept telling me, I kept telling her, like, yeah, I can be a model. And I was just playing. And she was like, no, Tanya, you'll never be a model. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, the competitor in me is like, I can be a model if I want to. So I started modeling. It was for a business. And next thing you know, my pictures was all over the city (laughs) for that business. And then um, I realized, I started to realize how my younger sisters were influenced by it, so they wanted to start modeling too. So once I got heavy in the industry locally, I started to notice how people can either steer you left or right in the modeling industry. So you can either, you know, be something that's provocative, or you can be something that's you know positive, commercial based, and all of that. That comes with a lot of self esteem problems, and I and I've learned that um, within the modeling industry, you know, if you don't really truly Believe in yourself, and if you don't love yourself, you can you can be taken down a pretty, you know, tough path that you don't have to go. I came up with this plan, okay, if I'm going to be here in Milwaukee, I'm going to teach these young girls how to get in the industry professionally but make sure they're doing the right thing, make sure they get signed with a, a, a credible agency, a, a, a legit agent. So I came up with Vogue Dreams, which is my... Um, Organization that I would like to turn into a nonprofit. I started off just working with, you know, a couple of young girls that I knew from church, and then it just grew. Um, I had, a, I actually had a team of about 15 girls that I was working with from the community. Um, then I actually branched off and worked with different schools, such as um, Job Corps, North Division. Um, I worked with Story Elementary School. Um, Universal Academy. Um, I just worked with a lot of different schools. Um, and then it initially just started as a program for young girls. But then I started to get the young boys in the class looking for the young girls. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, if you're going to be in this class, you know, you're going to have to learn how to model too. <laughs> <laughs> so it turned into what I call and what I taught was uh, walking, with, walking with authority and I wanted to teach young people like, no matter what you want to be, no matter what you want to do, you know, this this modeling course is just teaching you how to walk with your head up and how to be confident in yourself, no matter what you do. And it's not pushing you to be a model, it's pushing you to be great at whatever you do. So if you're just, I just told them, if you're walking in the hallway, you know, walk with your head straight and just exactly how I'm teaching you how to do runway modeling right now, you're gonna walk that way in your hallway <laughs> at school. Mm-hmm. And it also turned into a program to fight against bullying. You know I taught young people like if you care about yourself, if you are confident with you in yourself, no bully is gonna really mess with you if you know, yeah. if they know that you're you know if they know that you're strong and you're dedicated to yourself and you present yourself that way, a bully is not gonna gonna try to attack you. you know if they do, they they are a strong,
1: confident bully right. <laughs> and if they do, maybe it
0: won't hurt right, it won't hurt. Much. It won't hurt, but it, it wouldn't. Most, most bullies, I think wouldn't try to mess with a confident person. <laughs> okay. Then we have to teach, especially young African American um, individuals that you know they are they are of value to the world and they can they can be with whatever, whatever they want to be. So that was my way of doing that. And I'm still in the process of, of working it out. Um, I took a break, of course, within the last two years working you know, with Public Allies, but when I go back into it, you know, after my my term is up, I'll have a lot more content to teach them and a lot more things that I can work with them about, you know, (laughs) with all of the trainings that I have from Public Allies. Those ideas came at a very crucial time in my life where I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life and what, what I wanted to do with myself. So I think it's very special to come out with those gems are very optimistic to see where they're going to go in the future.
1: What are you doing on August 6th? Come on out to the Haranbe neighborhood for the first annual Harunbe walk run to prevent infant mortality. For more information and to register, visit unitedwaygmwc.org slash That's h-a-r-u-n-b-e-e. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, and Brian McCaig. Interested in supporting our podcast? We are looking for sponsors at every level to help us underwrite the cost of production and to help us continue sharing the stories that connect us. For information and to get involved, visit our webpage, unitedwaygmwc.org podcast.